0: WLEW Sports Network presents The Game of the Week with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, Rochelle Thompson, and Dan Banky. You're listening to the WLEW Sports Network, powered by Agri Valley Services. It's the final week of divisional play, and the Greater Thumb East is still not fully decided. Tonight, the Hopper Beach Pirates are looking to wrap up their third straight divisional title while Sandusky is trying to force a three-way split of the Greater Thumb East title. Good evening and hello once again from Sandalette County, Sandusky, Michigan. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network, and I'm your host, Clark Ramsey, for tonight's broadcast. Alongside of me, as always, is a true professional. He even has a license to prove it. Please welcome Dave Hanson.
1: Thank you, Clark. Uh, happy to be here. And of course, always looking forward to uh, the big game of the week in this one. Ultimately deciding who's going to take home the hardware in the Greater Thumb East.
0: Tonight's feature game on the W. lw Sports Network is the perfect bookend to divisional play in the Greater Thumb Conference. It's the number one offense of the Thumb going up against the number one defense. Sandowski's offense enters tonight at averaging 48 points per game, and the Harbor Beach defense allowing just six points per game. It's the best against the best
1: tonight. Sandusky is finally getting healthy. They haven't played their best ball yet tonight. They are looking to do that. It should be a great matchup. A lot of people don't realize Sandusky, the highest scoring offense in the Greater Thumb Conference. Very impressive.
0: The Hopper Beach Flyers have lost just one time the last 414 days, and that was in the state semifinals. They entered tonight at a perfect 7-0 and have already clinched a share of the Greater Thummies title. which Coach t- Troy Shelkey and company are not too good at sharing and they want the entire trophy for themselves.
1: I don't think I can blame them. I'm, splitting it doesn't sound any fun, but splitting it three ways, that would be even worse. So you can see their motivation tonight. Sandusky enters week number eight with
0: the most prolific offense statistically in the entire thumb. That is led by a junior running back with over 1,300 yards already is averaging a whopping 14.5 yards per carry. It's
1: not a matter of if Delorean Wedge will score, it's when. Absolutely. He's probably the most underrated back in the Greater Thumb Conference. We've talked about a ton of different guys. This guy might be the best, but you can tell that'll be the focus of the Harbor Beach defense tonight. Coming up on your WLW Sports pregame show,
0: we'll preview the rest of the week number eight games across the region, host our meet-around table, and take an in-depth look at the game of the week. The Harbor Beach Fires and the St. Esky Redskins in the last divisional game of the 2019 season, right here on W WLW Sports. Tonight's presentation of the W at LLB Sports Network is being brought to you by Thumb Sailor, the talk of the thumb, DS services of Cass City for all of your agricultural needs. Here in Daily Tribune, home of the Prep Zone, Rainey's Hunting Center, 269 Guns, more motor sales of Carrow and more shoreline of Seaplink. Here on Auto Parts, Elber Insurance Agency of Port Hope and Harbor Beach, Dirty Time Landscaping, North Star Bank, Guiding the Way, d Cabinet Shop, Ensure, better health, better life. Are you sure? Internet services are provided by Agar Valley Services and the blazing speed of their TrueNet 4G wireless network. Go to agarvalyservices.com for broadband internet that you can count on. This game broadcasts a copyright presentation of Thumb Broadcasting Incorporated. And all rights are reserved. Any reproduction without the express written consent of the W. At a W sports network is strictly prohibited. strictly prohibited. Despite Harbor Beach winning seven of the last ten games against Sandusky, the average point spread dating back to 2009 is just a mere two and a half points. This matchup between the Redskins and Pirates is always an entertaining one, and it goes without saying, is guaranteed to be a tough-nosed one. Similar program mentalities between Harbor Beach and Sandusky, and partly because both men at the top of each totem pole stem from the same coaching tree, Jack Dillon. My name is Clark Ramsey, your host for tonight's broadcast, and to the right of me, as always, Also from the same broadcasting tree of
1: Ron Lehrman is the one and only Dave Hanson. I am simply honored to be mentioned in the same name as Ron Ron Lehrman. I mean, uh, but uh, I know he's always listening, and we always mention it to him at least once throughout the year. But uh, I know you're listening to Ron, but uh, I got to – he loves – bean soup so he's out there i got a bag of beans for you call me up i got some for you
0: <laughs> each year it seems that we make our way to sandusky for a game and who doesn't love the facilities here that al athletic director al Demont and his team have repaired for us tonight but i will say i'm a little concerned for my broadcast partner dave hansen he may be a little jet-lagged <laughs> after his long commute from home to get here tonight
1: it sure is I, my vehicle isn't even warm yet <laughs>
0: <laughs> i hate when that happens oh, absolutely no but the field looks absolutely beautiful here tonight nick lusher is in charge of that and he just stopped by and Gave, gave him a good hearty handshake, because this field looks absolutely beautiful tonight.
1: Uh, it sure does. It's absolutely fantastic, and uh, we were obviously you know, fortunate enough to have fabulous weather, a great football weather, I should say, and uh, can't wait for the lights to come on and this game to get underway.
0: With Dave to my right, and that means to my left must be dining with Doug himself, Doug Cole. For seven years now, our director of sports information has been running the roads all the way from Livonia, Michigan, each and every week. Doug handles both the offensive and defensive stats simultaneously. Doug, each week we're getting a little closer to home for you.
1: Yeah, it feels good. I like to drive. Maybe uh, in the future we can do a game in Memphis. and then we're <laughs> real, I'm really close. I would hold your breath there. Well, we need a few things to happen for, before that we ever go there. But uh, we got to know, where would you stop to eat today? I stopped right in downtown um, Sandusky. Uh, it's a steakhouse called The Vault.
0: Oh, ah, The Vault, okay. And how was it? It was terrific. What'd you have? I have it, I had a steak with fries and a house salad. Ah, very nice. I've been meaning to get there for quite some time now. Rochelle and I have been uh, talking about getting down here. It seems like we turn into Dairy Queen every time we're in here. But uh, that's definitely does it get the Doug Cole seal of approval.
1: Absolutely. I oh. totally recommend it.
0: Oh, another Doug Cole seal of approval and the streak continues. And thanks, Doug. Squeeze in between Dave and I tonight would be our director of game data analytics, Rochelle Thompson. She gets the pleasure. To compile a running game log of what is happening, it automatically tabulates first, third, and fourth down conversion rates, time of possession, and much more. Plus, she's my fiance, so I've got that going for me, which is nice.
1: Rice, I, I would think that would mean you'd be able to get her here every week, but I, I can see that, you know, w- we're no doing sir. pretty good anyway. No, sir. And just for
0: the third time all season, we have the entire team together tonight. Our spotter, Dan Bing, has returned from his advanced spotter training program in California. It is our eye in the sky this evening, keeping us right in the trenches of the fake plenty wing tee offense.
1: Well, we know that Sandusky's going to run that and they run it as good as anybody. So it's always helpful to have them around. And plus that playoffs are right around the corner. It's good to have all, all five of us in here ready to roll.
0: <laughs> it's a lot of body warmth, at least uh, in close quarters. So I like it. With the regular season coming down for to the final few weeks, that means the wait is finally over. The Strong Side returns this Sunday back at its normal time slot. The Strong Side takes place Sundays at 7 p.m. For the remainder of the football season, with the exception of next week, which it starts at 6 p.m. for our two-hour postseason special.
1: Sure is. We get one uh, warm-up welcome back, kind of cover everything that's been happening, and preview uh, the first picture of the playoffs. I'm sure we'll have some snooze-to-you stuff, so uh, definitely tune in, and we'll get you kind of previewed for that postseason run.
0: And once again, the strong side happening this Sunday at 7 p.m., and then for the remainder of the football season, all the way into the playoffs and when our final team in the local area concludes their season that is when the strong side will end as well tonight we find ourselves in sandusky michigan for the final game of the greater thumb east harbor beach at sandusky in week number eight we have much more to come so keep it locked on the w at w sports network being powered by Anger valley services Listen to the W at LW Sports Network in more ways than ever before. Tune to Sports Radio 1021 and download the Cruise 102 app on your Apple or Android device. Or listen live and worldwide at W at Sports.com. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, Rochelle Thompson, and Dan Banky with you tonight. Just for the third time all season, the whole gang is here in Sandusky, Michigan. As the Harbor Beach Pirates are rolling in in the final week of Greater Thumb East action. And there's still a portion of the Greater Thumb East title on the line. Right now is our segment. We like to call the media round table on WLW Sports, where we gather with as many football aficionados as possible, and we pit them against each other for breaking rights. From the Huron County View via text message... The number two sports editor in the thumb, Paul B. Adams, our in-game analyst for WLW Sports, Dave Hansen. From the Stanley County News, Mr. In-Depth himself, Mike Gallagher, and our director of sports information at the WLW Sports Network, Doug Cole. Through the end of the season, we keep score of our game's predictions, and when that time comes, we will deem a media roundtable winner. Last week, our very own Doug Cole secured his third straight victory, now leading by three games. The standings are now Doug Cole 4, Dave Hanson 1, Mike Gallagher 1, <laughs> Paul P. Adams,
1: zero. Gentlemen, how do you, well, you feel about that? I don't know. Just keep it going, right? That's got to be some kind of record, three games in a row. I think so. Uh, I, I don't remember anybody winning three games in a row. so I'll
0: have to go back into the record books, which don't exist, but we'll, uh, we'll take a look. <laughs> So how it works, each meter representative picks a winner and a final score for tonight's feature game in the W W Sports Network. The winner is deemed by selecting the winning team and by having the most accurate point differential. If no one selects the correct winner, then I, Clark Ramsey, will graciously accept the victory for the week. Since Doug won last week, he will once again go last, followed by the second most recent winner, which will be Dave, and so on. So the order tonight will start out with Paul P. Adams, then go to Mike Gallagher, Dave Hansen, and then Doug Cole. All right, let me pull up uh, D- D- uh, Paul P. Adams' message here. He said, Batting leadoff once again. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> the last two weeks, Paul, this is, I'm quoting Paul here. I've tried to go strictly by the numbers on the Meteor table. As you can see by my position, that has not exactly worked out. It's back to the drawing board. Paul P. Adams is going with his gut on this one. He says, Hover Beach struggled last week in the second half, but he believes that that's just the wake-up call the Pirates needed. They will turn in their best effort of the season. Paul P. Adams is taking Hover Beach forty-six, Sandusky six, a forty-point victory, according oh. to Paul P. Adams. Oh, it's, uh, probably not the best. Uh, probably not the best, or probably the best thing that he's not here tonight <laughs> with that pick. <laughs> wow. Woo! All right, now we move on to Mike Gallagher, and here we are. He said, with Zach Franzel returning to the Redskin lineup, this game could be closer, or even a win for Sandusky. However, Harbor Beach comes into the contest battle-tested and just ended USA's four-game winning streak, according to Mike Gallagher of the San County News. <laughs> uh, Sandusky, meanwhile, has played four teams with a combined record of 3-25 over the past four weeks. He's taking Harbor Beach 32, Sandusky 20, a 12-point victory for Harbor Beach, according to Mike Gallagher, 32-20. Now we move on to our in-game analysis, Dave Hanson.
1: Well, this game's very important to us, gentlemen, because basically whoever wins today, Doug, if you win it, you pretty much have it sealed. But if one of us three happen to get it, especially Mike or I, we have a chance to get hot and maybe catch you. Uh, So I got to pick a very good number here. Now Sandusky is much healthier. Probably the healthiest it's been all season. Which I agree, is, yes. Which is strange. It's normally the other direction. Um, so, I, And at home, Sandusky's a very motivated club looking to do something and this is the one that they've targeted. They haven't been able to beat Harbor Beach but they've been very close. And uh, this is a team that certainly has a chance to win and if they did, I don't think anybody would be that surprised. And if you are, you're crazy. You don't know enough about Sandusky. But that defense, uh, that offense has been really good but they have not played an offense that has the upside that Harbor Beach has and uh, I'm right there with Mike Gallagher. I think Harbor Beach responds. Um, I think they get off to a faster start and try to cruise to the finish line like they did last week but I think they do a little better job. I have Harbor Beach winning 28 to Sandusky's 15.
0: 28 to 15 a 13-point victory for Harbor Beach according to Dave Hansen so that leaves doug cole our director of sports information here with a three-game lead leading four to one to one to zero all right well it seems like looking at the sandusky scores the last uh few weeks it seems i think they're one of the hottest teams in
1: the thumb uh they scored 64 points last week yep i know it's memphis but still that's a lot of points no matter who you play i think harbor beach is gonna uh come out with a win tonight i got them winning 24 to 16. 24-16,
0: 24-16, an 8-point victory, according to Doug Cole, for the Harbor Beach Pirates. So, the experts have spoken. We have Paul P. Adams taking the uh, the over. And he's trying something special here. He's got the over, Harbor Beach, 46-6. A 40-point victory for Harbor Beach, according to Paul P. Adams. Mike Gallagher taking Harbor Beach by 12 points, 32-20. to 20. Then Dave Vanson, just edging a little bit above that Harbor Beach by 13 points, 28-15. to 15. And then Doug Cole taking the low. At Harbor Beach, 24-16, to 16, an 8-point victory for the Pirates, which means, looks like I've got Sandusky tonight. Alright, moving on, let's take a look at other area games going on across the region. In the North Central Thumb League, 8-player football tonight in the NCTL Red Division. Well, this is, an, uh, this is an interesting one. Mount Pleasant Sacred Heart was supposed to be playing Morris tonight in Morris. However, Mount Pleasant Sacred Heart has 7 injuries on their roster of 19, so they forfeited because they have 12 players on their roster. Talk to Owen Gage. Regardless, though, Mount Pleasant Sacred Heart forfeits their divisional game. I talked to Jeff Kozel, commissioner of NCTL, last night. Mount Pleasant Sacred Heart forfeits their league game, but since Morris picked up a new opponent in Crystal Falls Forest Park, they do not receive a loss in the eyes of the MHSAA. So Morris now plays against Crystal Falls Forest Park tomorrow, Saturday at 2 p.m. in Pickford. Just to confuse things even more.
1: Sure, but that changes things a little, but it's a very nice test for Morris at no, 7-0. Doubt, yeah. Crystal Falls Forest Park, always a, a big school. They're 5-2. and two. It should be a great game, but uh, you're the best until somebody beats you. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, you're still going to pick Morris in that game.
0: Moving on through the re- NCTL Red, Burton Madison at Ashley, both teams 2-5. Then Flint International, the Phoenix, against the Wolves, against Genesee. Four and three against three and four.
1: Uh, the only one that really matters there, Flint International should be able to handle Genesee and they get their fifth win and possibly could sneak in uh, into that first round of the playoffs.
0: In the NCTL White Division, three games going on tonight across the region in Owendale at Fairgrove and Bay City. Caseville at Owengage, and seven against one and six of Gauge. New Haven Merritt at six and one against Akron Fairgrove, who's three and four. And <laughs> Carsonville, Port Sandalek at one and six on the road against the Catholics of Bay City. All Saints at three and four.
1: Yeah, clearly, a pretty weak division, and New Haven Merritt is uh, running away with that division, and they will continue to do so, uh, getting their seventh win and move to four and zero in the conference.
0: In the NCTL Blue Division, the Wolverines of Burton Atherton at one and six go figure at Peck tonight, uh, who is four and three. North Huron at Mayville, both teams at five and two. And then, of course, the game of the NCTL division and maybe even the whole area: Deckerville at seven and zero, oh, at six in one Kingston.
1: Which is too bad, because North Huron against Mayville, I think, is that's a, a really a unique too, yeah. matchup there, both 5-2. and two. Uh, I was very impressed. I don't know about you guys, are I was very impressed with that North Huron Warriors team. I know they didn't score. What team gets zero, and you're impressed with them? But they gave Deckerville everything they can handle. They have size, and they got a little speed, too, and I think if they were put it all together, I think that's a team that could beat Mayville in Mayville tonight, and uh, Deckerville is always, they're just tough. They can beat you in so many different ways. So I hope Kingston's ready to go, and if they win, I wouldn't be surprised, but I, I will take Deckerville and feel pretty confident about that.
0: And there's some great uh, big news happening out of the NCTL. I won't spoil it, though. You'll be able to read it in the Huron County View next week. Paul P. Adams has the scoop there, so be sure to pick up your view about the future of the NCTL. In the Greater Thumb Conference at 11-player football in the Greater Thumb West tonight, we have Carroll at 3-4 and four at Bad Axe, who's also 3-4. and four.
1: I like the hatchets there at home. I just, I, I've always said they have so much talent there, and if they ever get it corralled then get it all on the same page and put it together, I think they could put on an outstanding performance. Carroll uh, again, three and four. I just don't see them having the same talent that Badex does. I think Badex plays a little better tonight and gets uh, gets back to 500 ball.
0: Winless Vassar at 0 and 7 at USA, who's trying to bounce back after losing at Harbor Beach last week, and then Cass City at 6 and 1 at Reese, who got destroyed by Badex in the second half, and sits at 2 and 5.
1: Yeah, and these are two massive blowouts, USA will absolutely handle Vassar, and Cass City will destroy Reese in Reese tonight.
0: In our Greater Thumb Conference crossover game, oh, another doozy here, Lakers at Memphis. Lakers 5-2, and two, trying to find that sixth victory they should tonight as they play winless Memphis.
1: They should. They're beat up, uh, they're struggling, and they, they've just kind of spiraled out of control here, but uh, Memphis is a nice game to have on your schedule. Uh, they should get win number six.
0: In the Greater Thumb East, KPAC at Brown City, KPAC at 1-6, Brown City 3-4. and four. And Ubley at 6-1 and one at Marlette 2-5. and five.
1: I think Brown City should get win number four against the local rival there in KPAC and get the 500 ball. Keep in mind, they, they got a chance to run the table now, too, and, and maybe be a playoff contender. But uh, Ubley should handle Marlette, and that one won't even be close, probably in that 50-6 to six range.
0: And then, of course, the game of the week here on the W WLW Sports Network. Harbor Beach at Sandusky, and the experts have spoken, all four of them taking Harbor Beach. A wide variety of scores here. On the low end, Doug Cole taking Harbor Beach by eight, Mike Gallagher at 12, Dave Hansen at 13, and ball P. Adams playing it safe, and he's taking Harbor Beach by 40 points. So he's got a little r- room to run, at least, this week.
1: He, he's got to do something crazy to get a win, but um, he could also seal his fate and have a big goose egg in that first column, too. I don't
0: know. I mean, this uh, th- this game's either going to be two things. It's going to be really close or not close at all, is my opinion. And I'm leaning on the really close, is my uh, opinion. So am I. I All agree. right. It's time for another short break. When we return, we'll take a look at the away team tonight, the Orange and Black Harbor Beach Pirates, right here on your home for high school football, the W Sports Network. Listen in this Sunday for the triumphant return of the strong side. It's 60 minutes of the most in-depth coverage of high school football in the entire region with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug... Uh, let's try that again. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Paul P. Adams, and perhaps even Mike Gallagher, if we can convince him some. come up north for Sunday night at 7 p.m. on Sports Radio 1021 in live and worldwide at www.sports.com. We'll have a full recap of this game as well as all the other games in the, across the region and then take a look forward to the playoffs. Well, all right, now let's. we've talked about Harbor Beach. We will be talking about Harbor Beach if I didn't throw away that piece of paper. Here we are. In The last nine seasons, the Pirates of Harbor Beach have accumulated an impressive 82 victories, which includes six championships in the conference, five district titles, four regional titles, four semifinal appearances, in one state championship. At the helm of all of those runs, plus an additional 14 years dating back all the way to 1997, would be the head coach for Harbor Beach, Troy Schoege. Since taking over for Jack Dillon, Schalke's squads have gone 15-7, against Sandusky.
1: Yeah, that means Coach Schelke's been uh, at the helm for 23 years, 167 and 75. He wins about 69% of his games, and if we're going to talk about his accolades, uh, you guys better get a coffee and sit down because we'll be talking for a long time. But um, at looking at the game at hand, his offense last year averaged 30.5 points a game. He's up to 43 this year, uh, an increase of 12 points per game. The defense was awesome last year, allowed just under 12 points a game. Guess what? They're at 6.5 this year. They've cut that in half, so this team has been trending well. A really high-powered offense with an outstanding defense.
0: Statistically improving by 17.8 points over last year. For seven weeks now, Harbor Beach has been utilizing a two-quarterback system, interchanging momos constantly between junior Dylan Kadar and senior Michael Anderson each other's strengths in the pirate offense shows because of it
1: certainly does Uh, dylan kadar is probably the most versatile of quarterbacks as he certainly has the ability to roam in the pocket run around make things happen with his legs but he is truly the better passer in the game he averages 73 yards per game three and a half completions he attempts six a game and he averages a touchdown a game which is pretty impressive he's also got a 220 yards rushing and three tds on the season as well, but your most outstanding athlete will go to Michael Anderson. He's the most versatile. He is the the guy that they will use all over the place. He plays defensive back. He will play quarterback. He will play wide receiver. They might even hand it off to him. He does everything, but when he, if he's running the offense, he's carrying the football. He averages eight and a half yards per carry. He's got nine touchdowns on the game. He led Harbor Beach in that game, that big second half. He had 15 carries for 151 yards and two scores against that ugly team in that rivalry game and uh, again he's going to be the vocal point of the offense but they feed off of uh, what the running backs do and what Grant or what Dylan Kadar does. As a team, Harbor Beach has
0: put together over 2,300 yards of offense with 1,800 of them coming from the ground game. The Pirates have five running backs with at least 150 yards with a combined 28 rushing touchdowns.
1: They sure do. Uh, Devin Puff is the lead running back. He's the physical back. He's the bruiser. He's got 72 carries for just shy of 500 yards on the season and nine touchdowns. Caden Boynton has taken a bigger role as the season goes on, a couple injuries. Guys like Ethan Hessling have have gone down. uh, Boynton is the guy that's going to get some change of pace carries. He's got just 18 carries on the season. But he's taken it for 259 yards and three scores. Matter of fact, he's averaging just over 14 yards a touch. So when they use him, he's come up big for them, but they like using him sparingly and limitedly, and he's done
0: well with that so far. And Elliott Seaman actually is going to be the fullback uh, starting tonight for the Harbor Beach Pirates, moving Devin Puff to halfback. But not only can the Beach run the ball effectively, averaging over 7 yards per carry, they can also air things out with a handful of athletic receivers.
1: They sure do. Michael Anderson is obviously the top receiving target because when he goes up and gets it, he can make things happen after the catch. Nathan Seaman, another big receiver. Both him and Anderson lead the team with 9 catches. They both have 170-plus yards. Nathan Seaman actually has 4 receiving touchdowns to Michael Anderson's 1 Uh, And Luke Woodkey kind of goes as an unsung hero here. He's got five catches, 147 yards, and he's got three scores as well on those five catches. So those are guys to keep an eye on. They will be your receiving threats if Harbor Beach decides to air it out tonight. And, of course, you can't talk about Harbor
0: Beach without talking about their defense on the season. But their stingy defense allowing just six points per game through seven weeks.
1: Matter of fact, no opponent has scored more than two touchdowns in a game. They've had three shutouts in one game against KPAC where they allowed just a field goal.
0: We are just uh, roughly about 21 minutes away from kickoff between Hyper Beach and Sandusky. When we return, we'll take a look at the 5-2 and two Sandusky Redskins right here on your home for high school football, the W. At W Sports Network, being powered by Anger Valley Services. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLW Sports.com with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, Rochelle Thompson, and Dan Banky from Sandusky, Michigan, as the Harbor Beach Pirates are in week number eight of high school football. Last year, the Sandusky Redskins finished the year 8-2 with an extremely young roster. Losing just a handful of key elements to graduation, the Redskins returned to the gridiron this year and found themselves an offensive shootout against Saginaw Novell, losing 42-58. Since then, Craig Jacobson's program has lost just once to Ubley, but have been averaging 48 points per game this season. That's one point per minute of play on average.
1: Coach Jacobson uh, been at the helm for seven years. He's 41 and 25. He's won 62 percent of his games. He has a conference championship and also won the district that year in 2015. Uh, He he held Ubley to 14 points, Uh, Hmm. but still weren't able to come off a victory. Lowest point total of the season, 42. Uh, and rushing totals, 2,300 yards, 38 TDs. Side note, though, they've got three passing touchdowns on the air, but just 170 yards, so you may see it once tonight or twice, but that would be it. This is a run-heavy offense with three very dynamic backs. Sandusky
0: historically runs out of the T offense and clearly have had success running the ball this year. Of those 2,300 yards from the run game, 1,319 of them come from one player. And he's just a junior. It only took Delorean Wedge six weeks to surpass the 1,000-yard mark, and you get this—he's averaging 14 and a half yards per carry. I
1: think that's pretty good, Clark. Uh, he's he's been <laughs> yeah, I'd take it. He's been fantastic. I know he doesn't get talked about much and, and not enough clearly, but 91 carries on the season, 1,300 yards as you mentioned, 21 total touchdowns. Uh, he keep in mind he's got two kick returns for a touchdown as well. Uh, one of those was the opening kickoff against Novell, where he had 167 yards and two rushing touchdowns. Uh, he destroyed Vassar. He had 18 carries, 326 yards, and six touchdowns. He ever had 18 yards a carry in that game. Ugly uh, slowed him down a little bit. Just 13 carries, 54 yards, but he still found a way to score. But he is the lead back. He is the guy that you, opposing defenses, try to slow down and force other guys to beat him.
0: But don't think that Sandusky is just a one-trick pony. The rest of them, of the team, has combined for 1,000 yards rushing.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Martin Tovar, just a sophomore, 69 carries, 620 yards and 7 TDs. He averages 9 yards a carry. And Zach Franzel back from injuries. Only... He's only got seven carries, but 74 yards and a touchdown. He's been very good. Um, he came back against Memphis last week. He got injured in the very first game against Novell. He is a dynamic player, another underclassman. And, of course, Matt Carlson at the quarterback position. He doesn't carry it much, but just enough to keep you off balance. He's got 100 yards and five touchdowns on the season himself.
0: Sandusky enters with the most productive offense of the 14 Greertham Conference teams at 48.3 points per game. With second place, a whole five points behind them, which happens to be Hopper Beach. On defense, though, they're in the middle of the pack at number six, allowing three touchdowns per game.
1: Yeah, They they averaged 14 uh, last year, 14.7 points per game. This year, 21 against Ubley. They allowed 284 yards on 39 carries and four touchdowns against Memphis they had two defensive touchdowns a pick six and a fumble recovered in the end zone Uh, they allowed 350 yards passing against Vassar uh, and 14 penalties for 133 yards so they're not perfect but this team defensively if they can put together even an above average game they certainly can steal this one here from Harbor Beach
0: last year against Harbor Beach the Redskins allowed 266 yards rushing in three touchdowns but also just put together 139 total yards for their offense with 102 of those on the ground. We'll see how they do tonight as kickoff between High Reach and Sandusky is in 12 minutes right here on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at W be Sports.com, being powered by Anger Valley Services. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network, and now we listen in to the Sandusky Marching Band with our National Anthem on Armed Service Night here in Sandusky. Standing at a placing
1: our hands over our hearts, and let's join in singing our National Anthem. Mr. Eisen.
0: Beautiful rendition by the Sandusky Marching Man, always a strong program down here. But as the Canadian goose flies, it's 30.7 miles from Harbor Beach to Sandusky High School. By vehicle, you're looking at a 37-mile journey, taking roughly 42 minutes. West and M142, south on Ruth Road, through Deckerville all the way to 46. Turn right past the Dairy Queen in south on Elk Street. In regards to school size, Sandusky is the seventh largest school in the Greater Thumb Conference, and has 289 students in the eyes of the MHSAA, a drop from 11 from the previous year. For Harbor Beach, they are the second small school in the GTC, second only to Ubley, There are 207 Pirates, a decrease of 15 from 2018. So altogether, Sandusky by 82 students. Tonight marks the 37th time that Sandusky and Harbor Beach have played each other. Every year since 1983, when Sandusky joined the Thumb Sea League previously being in the Thumb B League. Overall in the historical series, Harbor Beach is doubling up Sandusky. The Pirates have 24 wins, Sandusky with 12. Average score, Harbor Beach 22, Sandusky 17. In the role of offensive production, we have two of the best offenses in the entire greater Thumb Conference here tonight. Sandusky scores an average 48.3. Harbor Beach is putting up 43 points per game, so on offense, it's Sandusky by 5.3 points. On the defensive front, Harbor Beach is the second best defense in the GTC behind Cass City by just one-tenth of a point. Per 48 minutes of play, the Pirates are allowing just 6.4 points. The Redskins have the sixth best defense allowing 21 points per game on defense. It's Harbor Beach by 14.6. Las Vegas has set their line for the night and their confident line unless it's wrong. Our colleagues at the Ohio State University and Aaron Rodgers, referee sports wagering department, set their factoring in all possibilities, stats, injuries, weather, and location. The spread for tonight sits at Harbor Beach, by 12.5 points. Tonight is the 291st day of the year, meaning just 74 days until New Year's Eve and 143 days until March 9th. And for those who are joining us, welcome to our week number eight broadcast between Sandusky and Harbor Beach. Thank you for listening to tonight's game. Whether you're listening at home, you are abroad, or perhaps even heading to the movies, which, Dave, that brings me to this week's trivia question.
1: Uh, movies, that sounds movies. good. Let's right. Let's do it.
0: Well... If you were to head east out of Sandusky and M46, you'd be finding a very familiar staple of hot summer nights, the Highway Drive-In Theater. My question to you, Dave, is in what year did the Highway Drive-In Theater in Carsonville, Michigan open?
1: <laughs> uh, great question, and uh, per usual, I don't have a clue, so I'm going to go with uh, 1965.
0: Uh, you're on the right path, but actually go back to a couple more decades. In 1948, Torchy Clements opened the theater. He was a manufacturing plant owner in Deckerville and teamed up with Doug Davis, who ran it for him. He, Doug Davis, owned the lumber yard in Deckerville. The original screen was used all the way from 1948 until April of 1996 when a storm took it out, and they had a new one up within a month. In its peak, there were over 5,000 drive-in theaters across America, which was in the 1950s. Now, across the entire nation, there are just 330 spread across 46 states. My question to you, Dave... How many drive-in theaters still exist in Michigan?
1: Uh boy, 330 left in the whole in nation. In the whole nation. Uh I'm gonna go with 15. Uh, cut that in half. Eight.
0: Eight drive-ins in the entire state of Michigan now. The Capri in Coldwater, Cherry Bowl in Honor, Sunset Drive in Hartford, the Getty four drive-in in Muskegon, the four drive-in in Dearborn, US 23 twin drive-in in Flint and the Five Mile Drive-In in and of course, the Highway Drive-In in in Carsonville. The Highway Drive-In Theater is still the oldest running drive-in theater in the entire state of Michigan. Altogether, it can hold 360 vehicles. In 1981, they saw their highest attendance of all time with 704 paid attendees. So, Dave, your final bonus question here tonight. What movie holds the record for the highest attendance at the Highway Drive-In Theater? In
1: 1981. 1981. There's, There's your hint. hint. There's yep. your hint, yes. Yeah, that narrows it down. Uh, I, I don't have a clue. I don't know. I, I have no idea. Porky's. Porky's, sure. yes. Okay. The
0: highly contested film that went on to earn $111 million in 1981. And, of course, highly contested everywhere. Porky's is actually the best-attended movie of all time. And the oh. highway driving, Dave. Speaking of football, though, what's your three keys to tonight's game?
1: Well, let's start with the uh, the road team for the Harbor Beach Pirates. Number one, you got to stop Delorean Wedge. I mean, if you don't stop him, he will, he will run all over you all day long, and Harbor Beach will be playing from behind the entire game. On the other side of things. Um, Sandusky needs to remain physical. They're going to be undersized, undermatched a little bit on that line, but they are fast and they are athletic and they have to maintain gap presence as long as possible, create holes. And DeLorean Wedge and Franzel and those guys, they don't need a lot of running room. They don't need a lot of open space. They can fly, but that's what they have to do to maintain this bigger Harbor Beach size up front. And last but not least, uh, Harbor Beach fell asleep last week. They got off to a good start, put it in cruise control. They cannot do that. Keep that playbook open, reopen it. It's almost playoff time. Now's not the time to hide your team. Now's the time to showcase what you have, because if you do it well, it doesn't matter how much film is out there. This team cannot let what happened last week with USA happen here tonight, because a team like Sandusky might just beat them. They have to stay hungry for all four quarters. Current
0: conditions in Sandusky, Michigan are 44 degrees with partly cloudy skies. They're calling for a 0% chance of rain this evening. Winds are out of the east at 2 miles per hour, gusting up to 5. Visibility is at 9 miles. Barometric pressure is dropping at 30.03 inches, and the dew point is at 36 degrees. It feels like it's 44 degrees out. The humidity is at 77%. Sunset was 15 minutes ago at 644, and we're currently in a waning gibbous moon phase. So I think it's safe to say it's a beautiful night for football. On October 18th, the sunrise is 747. Sunset at 644, which means we have 10 hours and 57 minutes of daylight. We lost 20 minutes from just a week ago, and now we have over 13 hours of darkness each and every day. Sandusky won the toss. He's elected to defer to the second half tonight, so how Beach will be receiving the opening kick. Your officials tonight Joel Vina is your referee, umpire John Wright, linesman Mike Rossini, line judge John Schoonegler, uh, let's see, sh- we'll call it Schunigler, and your back judge would be Tom Malu. We're going to take a short break of about 30 seconds. When we return, we'll have your starting lineups and all the opening hoopla here from week number eight on the WLW Sports Network. You're listening to the W WNLB Sports Network. 7 o'clock is on the clock, which means it must be kickoff. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, Rochelle Thompson, and Dan Banker their call tonight from Sandusky, Michigan, is the Harbor Beach Pirates. We were actually wrong on our coin toss. Looks like Harbor Beach is actually going to be kicking things off to start this game. The kicker for Harbor Beach, number 6, Luke Woodkey. is 6 feet tall, 170-pound sophomore, plays tight end and outside linebacker for the Pirates. And it's kicking off the left-footed kicker from the 40-yard line. Low kick comes into the 30-yard line with ease. And it's going to be brought out all the way out to about the 40-yard line. A nice 10-yard return for number 45 for Sandusky. That would be Brendan uh, Brendan Duff in tackle made by Ben Rogenbach for Harbor Beach. First and 10 for Sandusky
1: at their own 40-yard line. Yeah, nice kick, but uh, it takes a nice big hop for Brendan Duff. He's able to haul it in and rumble forward, get excellent field position for the home team to start this game at their own 40-yard line.
0: Left to right across the radio in the home, black uniforms, red numbers, black helmets, black face masks with the red skin logo on either side. T-formation, Carlson is under center, three men backfield. Lauren Wedge, of course, the running back of all running backs, handoff to number 20, that's Martin Tovar, and he gets out to the 44-yard line for a four-yard li- four gain. Ethan Hesling back
1: in on the defensive side with the tackle. Second
0: down, six
1: to go. The way we're going to try to keep track of these numbers yeah. uh, for Sandusky is Tovar is going to be on the right-hand side and Wedge is on the left, which leaves Franzel typically to be the middle back in the wing tee, and it, it's a tight tee, very similar to what Ubley runs, very similar to what Harbor Beach tends to run when they're in the tee it's a very, all the same thing we've seen before we'll see which defense is able to get off the field can Harbor Beach continue to be strong on defense
0: Carlson under center hands it off to his third option number number 25 Zach Franzel coming around the right side and Harbor Beach stops him after a three-yard gain out to the 47-yard line Devin Puff middle linebacker lines him up and brings him down after a three-yard gain third down in three from the
1: 47-yard line just not a lot of room there. He got three yards as he gets hit, but they sweep it to the outside. And the lateral defense of Harbor Beach is those linebackers are able to get over there, cut him off, and not allow him to get the edge. Just three yards for Sandusky. Third and three upcoming.
0: Sandusky running the T formation all season long, all the entire tenure of Tra- Craig Jacobson here in Sandusky. Ten and a half left in the first quarter. Sandusky in their first <laughs> offensive drive here, and they face a third and three from their own 47. Carlson turns, hands it off to number 25, Franz, and he has the first down inside High Reach territory, and finally brought down to the 10-yard line after an 8-yard gain. Tackle made by number 76, Evans Spleglinski, but we have a flag back uh, at the 48-yard line. It's going to be a hold against Sandusky, so this is going to negate the first down run from Zach Franzel, and this is going to push them back from the spot of the foul, which they're saying is at the 47-yard line in High Reach territory. So repeat, third down, and this will now be a third down in seven. At the end of that penalty, third down and seven from the 43-yard line, 10:23 left in the first quarter. Sandusky on offense for the first time.
1: That was a, a pretty easy one. It was right here in front of us, right in front of the Sandusky bench. And as as Evans McGlinsky is reaching to make the tackle, he's being held on the other side. He's only his other arm was completely covered up and held down, so he could not make that tackle. And uh, an easy throw, easy flag for the officials, and it's going to go back 10 yards. Uh, the Sandusky. That's what they're going to try to do is do what they can to. Keep Keep those bigger bodies off the line of scrimmage and away from the football. And that time when you fail,
0: the tendency is to hold. Spread it out now in the shotgun. They have Logan Mitchell to wide to the right and another receiver to wide to the left. It's a handoff to DeLorean Wedge on the left side. He's trying to streak free. He has the first down, cuts back inside, and he's going to be brought down after the first down at the 44-yard line. And a second effort gets him across the 45 in a nice run of – 13 yards on that carry for Deloren Wedge and converts
1: on third down. Boy does, boy, does that formation look familiar at all, guys. That's exactly uh, what we see a lot with Harbor Beach. They spread it out, keep two running backs in the backfield, one receiver each direction, and they just run the football as it was the tee. And they're able to get to the outside. DeLorean Wedge, that time, gets his first carry. when He is great in space. He's fast. He changes direction quickly. Ask Mason Booms as he over, over-pursues on the tackle. He'll slight change of direction. And, and Mason goes flying right by. And that allows a big gain for DeLorean Wedge in a situation on third and long, turns into a big gain and a first down for Sandusky.
0: First and 10 from the 44. Another handoff this time to 25. Zach Franzel, he leaps forward down to the 41. It's going to be a three-yard gain. Second down and seven upcoming for the Sandusky Redskins. Tackle made by number 65, Dakota Deer. 5'10", 205, Jr. Defensive tackle for Harbor Beach. Second down and six from the 41 of Harbor Beach. 0-0, St. Harbor Beach.
1: And not much going there as they go straight ahead and, and test the size of Harbor Beach, get right ahead. They get three yards or so on that play, but nothing really happening there. Harbor Beach defense stands tall. Second down and seven. According
0: to the spot, it's a four-yard gain all the way onto to the 40-yard line. Second down and six, the first down marker. A four-yard gain, yep. Second down and six. They need to get down to the 34-yard line. Can't do math, suddenly. Count to 10. Same formation, receiver wide each way. Carlson in the shotgun, running back on either side of him. Hand off to number 25, Zach Franzel. And he's going to be brought down in the backfield by big man 75, Jacob Kirsch, defense, attacker for Harbor Beach. It's going to be a tackle for a loss of
1: two yards and now a third down and eight. And that's a situation where when your guard pulls, they spread it out just like they did with Wedge on third down prior. They're going to run it to the the larger side of the field there's more space to run so they run to the right and they pull that guard which means that Jacob Kirsch goes unblocked and he's able to get into the backfield read the play and get his hands on that jersey of the running back and pull him down in the backfield not allowing him to get to the edge because if he does it's a lot of responsibility on that defensive back or the linebacker who's out in coverage to get off that block and make the tackle great play by Kirsch to make that tackle
0: third down and eight Logan Mitchell wide to the left Zach Frantzl wide to the right, Carlson in the shotgun, staying in the pocket, passing immediately to his left, this one's tipped and brought in by Logan Mitchell on the tip, and he's brought down finally at the 14-yard line by Michael Anderson on the secondary, a huge completion, but there is a penalty on the play, and this is going to be the second hold against Sandusky on the night, and it goes from a completion all the way down inside the red zone down to the 15-yard line. And it's going to be a 10-yard backup from the 42
1: inside Sandusky territory. Well, it goes from a cle- completion to a penalty but you got the most important part as there was a Harbor Beach defensive back in perfect coverage. Uh, he was underneath the route. It was a deep slant. Uh, not, was it Mason Booms? I'm not sure who it was, but it, the pass, w- it might have been a linebacker. It was either Booms or uh, Puff. That ball goes right through his hands, almost deflects off his helmet, it perfectly into the hands of the Sandusky wide receiver for what looked to be a huge break and a huge gain. But as you look back, that old penalty flag is on the field. The only nice thing about them tonight is they're not yellow. They're
0: pink tonight. <laughs> Third down and 18 for Sandusky now at their own 48-yard line. First down markers at the 34. 7.08 remains in the first quarter. Sandusky on the first offensive drive tonight. Receiver wide to the right, that's Zach Franza, Logan Mitchell again wide left. Carlson in the shotgun, running back on either side of him. It's a snap, and it's going to be a handoff to Deloren Wedge, and there is Evan Smoglinski to stop him in his tracks for a loss of a yard. And they're actually going to say forward progress had him stopped original line of scrimmage at the
1: 48, so no gain in the play and it's now a fourth down in 18. Yeah, That's just awesome defensive penetration by that linebacker, that defensive line, as Evans Maglinski, when he wants to be, can be unblockable, and that time he just shoves the offensive tackle off the play and right into DeLorean wedge. He had no chance. He got the football and simply was tackled. There was nowhere to run, and the pass coverage was excellent. Looking at the formation of the Harbidge defense, it was Luke Woodkey that was had the chance to pick that ball off, and on the previous play. But nonetheless, the defense stands tall thanks to a couple penalty flags.
0: And we have another penalty flag here on the snap on the long snap, and this is going to be a false start against Sandusky. So disco Knight early from Lake County, another five yards backing up from fourth and 18 to fourth in a country mile now. Yeah, when,
1: you, when you're playing a team that is as good as Harbor Beach is, if you're Sandusky, these penalties have to go away. Holding, false starts, these are these are simply fundamental plays they need to do better, and they're, simp- they're losing this field position battle right off the get-go. They had great field position, a couple big plays negated the penalty, so now we'll see if the special teams can pin Harbor Beach back. Michael Anderson waiting for the return.
0: First down marker is at the highway drive-in. This is a blind drive punt from Sandusky. Bounces at the 33, and Sandusky's going to down this one at the 28-yard line where Harbour Beach will take over on offense for the first time tonight. Halfway through the first quarter, 6:04 remains in the first quarter, and we are scoreless from Sandusky. Harbour Beach first and 10 with a 62-yard field to work with. 72-yard field to work with.
1: Harbour Beach defense stands tall. Those increments of 10 are tough Ah, tonight. It's driving
0: me crazy apparently, yeah.
1: I can't blame it on Sandalak County. You were just fine last week. <laughs>
0: that's true. <laughs> well, we're facing north. We're facing east last week. Right, yeah. And that that's wind my was, problem.
1: That wind was blowing right in it. It's not, not totally <laughs> open air tonight.
0: Maybe that's what it is. I think so. From the 28-yard line, Kedar at quarterback for Harbor Beach. In the spread formation, pass over to the right to a screen pass to Anderson is caught. He has positive yards and he's getting forced out of bounds at the 30-yard line after a two-yard gain. Stops the clock with 5.57 left in the first half quarter. Tackle made by Zach Franzel, left outside linebacker for Sandusky.
1: Already excited about the way the game's starting. I want to see lots of Kdar because I think he's important for this team. If they're going to make a playoff run. Uh, the throw a little high, but you got to love the action of The read option with Devin Puff, and then turning all the way across and throwing the other side of the field for a designed screen pass to your best playmaker, Michael Anderson. Throws a little high, probably cost him a little bit of uh, time getting upfield, but nonetheless, a nice completion. And a screen pass
0: to the left side this time to Mason Booms. This one's caught, breaks free of one tackle, gets through his second tackle, and finally brought down at the uh, 38-yard line, about the 37.5. Tackle made by number 55, Casey Kirkpatrick, the middle inside linebacker for Sandusky. They're going to mark him down at the 37. A gain of six on the play, third down and one now for Harbor Beach.
1: Yeah, maybe even seven, based on where they got that set down at. But a, a better throw there for Dylan Kadar. That one was on the number, and that time Booms is able to haul in the catch, turn upfield, even make a guy miss, and, and is able to get right down to that first down marker. They're a little short. Third down and short for the Pirates.
0: <laughs> third down and one after a 7 yard pickup. From Mason Booms. Coming out in the T formation. Under center, that would be Katar. Three men backfield for the Pirates. Trying to go for the hard count. Nothing there. Hands it off to Anderson. And he's still on his feet. Across the 40 and finally down to this. Fumbled on the end of the play there. And Sandusky recovers at the 46-yard line. And they're going to say it is Sandusky ball. Anderson was stopped at the 41. And then on a second effort was pushed forward. And at the tackle... Sandusky strips the ball and then the first turnover on the night
1: gives Sandusky the ball at their own forty-six yard line. Yeah, Michael Anderson had the first down no problem and was fighting for extra yardage. And DeLorean Wedge is in on the play. He had no interest in tackling him at all. He got both his arms around the football and it was they were yanking it back and forth from each other. And, but Anderson was continuing to move forward, so you can't call the play dead. No. And as DeLorean Wedge gives one good pull, he's, he's able to spin the ball out of Michael Anderson's hands, and it bounces away. He, he recovers that fumble, and Sandusky forces the first turnover and takes over here already in Harbor Beach territory.
0: And off to Martin Tovar on that one. Now gets out to the 44-yard line. Tackle made by number 42, Ethan Heslin, linebacker for Harbor Beach two yard gain second down and eight according to the spot at the 44 yard line
1: not much going there and that defense responds right away a lot of teams could be demoralized by a turnover by arguably your best player and instead the defense comes up with a nice stop writing on first down
0: second down and eight from the 44 Sandusky on their second drive this evening set up by a hyper Beach fumble on just their third play of the evening receiver wide each way Carlson in the shotgun running back on either side of him There's the snap, handoff this time to the right side, that is to DeLoren Wedge and he's brought down after a two, maybe three yard gain out to the 41 yard line. Devin Puff with the hard hit, might a linebacker for Harbor Beach. Third down in six for Sandusky now, maybe even five according to the spot at the 41 yard line.
1: Nice defense there by Harbor Beach as Sandusky continues to show a spread offense, multiple running backs in the backfield and running that read option, and running it to the outside, making these linebackers move laterally. And so far, Harbich has done a pretty good job. That time, you see Mike Anderson come up and take the fullback. You see the end get sealed off, and that leaves one lane for Devin Puff. He doesn't miss it and lays a good hit on DeLorean Wedge. Third down, six.
0: Third down and five from the 41, receiver Wai Shui. Handoff off this time around the left end. This is Zach Francel trying to find the seam, and he goes absolutely nowhere, maybe out for a yard at the 40-yard line, a gain of one. Leading the tackling would be Mason Booms, cornerback for Harbor Beach. And now Sandusky facing
1: a fourth and five from the 40, 41-and-a-half yard line. Nice job there by Mason Booms. He's able to force the running back to stop his forward progress, stands him up just right, and that allows Grant Smiglinski, Jacob Kirsch to come in and help seal that running back off and push him backwards. So virtually if they get any gain it would be one at the very most and typically these types of teams go for it if you're on that side of the 50 you go for it the ball's at the 41 yard line of harbor beach they need all of five it appears that i can't imagine them punting it here unless they truly believe their defense is up to the task i believe they're going to go for it
0: sandusky in the formation to go for it on a fourth and five then you get down to the 36 yard line they're at the 41 Receiver wide each way. Carlson back to pass, and the quick seam, and this one is incomplete. Threw it into three white jerseys in traffic, and we have a turnover on downs, and Harbor Beach takes over at their own 41-yard line.
1: Yep, and uh, Carlson doesn't throw a horrible ball, but you can tell that he already had his mind made up where he was throwing the football, and that time Luke Woodke uh, knocks it down directly. Nice batted ball there. He doesn't allow it to go up in the air for anything to happen. That time he simply knocks down that pass, in Harbor Beach's defense stands their ground, forces a fourth down turnover, and gives the ball back to their offense.
0: Just five yards gained on Sandusky's second drive of the night. Harbor beach on offense for the second time. Kadar to pass to the right is complete. Into the hands of number 16, Nathan Seaman. He has the first down inside Sandusky territory and finally brought down at the 44-yard line. Tackle made by Zach Franzo, left outside linebacker
1: for Sandusky. Move the chains into Sandusky territory. Uh, A quick hook route. You got the slot receiver that just streaks down the field. It's man-to-man coverage. Nathan Seaman that time. He goes about six yards showing that same streak down the field. Puts on the brakes. Turns around quickly and they're giving so much room. They're giving him eight to ten yards of leeway. He simply turns around. Kadar puts it on the number and then Seaman gets the ball. Is able to make a guy miss and gets a big
0: first down. Kadar on the keeper. Spins back inside. Has positive yards. Breaks free of one tackle. Now two tackles. Spins out his third tackle and finally brought down after about an 8-yard gain all the way down to the 37-yard line. Finally brought down by Micah Brown, left tackle, uh, on offense but a right defensive tackle junior for sandusky second down in three to go after a seven yard gain.
1: nice play there by Kadar. He decides he keeps it himself slippery and absolutely uh, nothing was fast about it but he moves quickly left and right and he's able to dodge a few tacklers those arm tackles just aren't gonna work as Kadar is able to th- shove them off and as soon as he gets hit he spins out of that one three missed tackles on that play by sandusky that won't work
0: Man in motion, and now we (laughs) had flags and we have a, a false start on Harbor Beach going from a second and three to a second and eight. Troy Shelkey not too pleased with his sophomore wide receiver. There, one fifteen left in the first quarter, no score between Sandusky and Harbor Beach, and now Harbor Beach backed up five yards. Their first penalty of the night.
1: Oh, no, it's pretty lonely out there in the slot receiver when you're the only one moving and nobody else. was pretty obvious, uh, and unfortunately, I mean, fortunately for Woodkey, he's six foot, 170 pounds. He doesn't go uh, without being noticed. He did his best to try and cover it up, but it, it was uh, too obvious, and that's going to cost Harbor Beach five yards.
0: So they come out of the huddle. At the 43-yard line. Two receivers wide each way. Kadar, the quarterback. Looks like Devin Puff to his left. Man in motion, that's Anderson. Sweeping to the right, and it's a handoff to Devin Puff going to the right side. And Sandusky sniffed that one out in absolutely no gain in that play. Led by tackling by Casey Kirkpatrick. Maybe even a loss of a yard. Now third down and eight.
1: Uh, Sandusky was completely not fooled. No. I think Harbor Beach thought that by putting Michael Anderson in motion, that it might be a jet sweep where it's a quick handoff to the wide receiver coming around the edge and uh, clearly that would have worked out a lot better because the right side of the line of Harbor Beach just completely collapses, and Devin Puff runs right into three redskin defenders and goes down quickly, and that's backing up now. Third down and very long for Harbor Beach.
0: Third down and eight, and it's going to be passed. Staying in the pocket. Kadar goes downfield. Streaking has a man wide open, and it is incomplete in and out of the hands of Nathan Seaman all the way down at the 15-yard line. Had known in front of him he's upset, and rightfully so as is now sets up a fourth down. Down and eight from near midfield for Harbor Beach.
1: Well, let's start with the positives. An absolutely fantastic pass-blocking job by the offensive line as Kadar was able to look left to both of his receivers and go all the way to the right, and he finds Nathan Seaman absolutely blowing by his defender, and he throws it up high for him to go get it. That ball is thrown right over the shoulder into both arms of Nathan Seaman, and he flat-out drops it on the run. Very nice throw by Kadar. Too bad it falls incomplete.
0: Maybe the balls aren't deflated, Dave. Kadar in trouble on fourth down and eight breaks free of his first tackle now throws downfield to mid and is through the hands and incomplete to Nathan Seaman once again. It's amazing that Kadard even got that one off as Sandusky blasted right through the line and he evades the first set of tackles and we've reached the end of the first quarter.
1: Now, oh, absolutely. That play. Let's take that all back. The offensive line completely blew all assignments there, and Grant Kadar had to spin out of a sure sack and roll all the way back to his sideline, and he finds Nathan Seaman fairly open in the middle of the field. That ball a little higher, though, but when Seaman reaches up to go get it, it goes through the hands yet again. He's unable to haul it in, and it's a turnover of downs for Harbor Beach as we roll through the end of the first quarter.
0: You're listening to The W at W Sports Network. No score after 12 minutes of play in week number eight. Listening to the W at a W Sports Network after 12 minutes of play. 0-0. Sandusky now on offense for the third time tonight. They start at their own 43-yard line. Back to pass. Carlson goes downfield, and this one's into the hands of Wedge. And Wedge to the 20, to the 15, to the 10. Touchdown. Sandusky. 47-yard line. A 47-yard completion for Sandusky, and the Redskins are on the board on just one play coming out of the quarter. A 47-yard catch, or excuse me, 57-yard catch for the touchdown. 6-0 Sandusky.
1: Arbor Beach had great coverage, but a play-action pass right away to start it off. Michael Anderson in coverage, and to learn Wedge just a step ahead of him and a perfect throw by Carlson, has some airtime on it, drops it in the breadbasket. basket. Wedge is able to keep maintain his speed and take it all the way to the house. And the two-point conversion going down and is for the,
0: the two-point conversion. And the two-point conversion is good from number twenty-five, Zach Franzel and it's now eight nothing Sandusky. Just twelve seconds into the second quarter, right here on the W at W Sports Network. 11-48 in the second quarter, and Sandusky's now leading the Hopper Beach It's 8-0 after a one-play, pl- one 57-yard drive, which is completion from Carlson to Wedge in for the score. No one even around him, and it's now 8 nothing. And we have fireworks now tonight, too. This place has everything.
1: Anything to make noise, Clary, yeah, i didn't sure.
0: hear. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that siren. I think Doug Cole lost all hearing in his left ear here. He's about 18 inches from it. <laughs> Kicking things off, that looks like uh, Sandusky's number 25, Zach Franzel. And it's an onside kick, and they have to bring it in at the 38-yard line. Uh, number 9, Mason Boom, so it's going to be... a. Um, if- about a 62-yard field to work with for Harbor Beach, trailing 8 nothing to Sandusky. First and 10, left right across your radio.
1: Oh, nice play there by Booms because that ball certainly had eyes on the sideline, and all of a sudden it just died, and he's able to dive over to it. A pretty good kick there by Franzel, and a little closer than Harbor Beach would like, but they are able to cover that one up and secure their third possession of the evening. So far coming up empty on the first two. Sandusky's just striked on a big passing play. How does Harbor Beach respond?
0: Two receivers wide each way, working off the right hash. Kadar in the shotgun, has puffed to his right. There's the snap, and it's a pass immediately. Downfield, right downfield to Nathan Seaman. Wide open, and it's caught at the 32-yard line. Leaping for that one. It is brought in and moved the chains into Sandusky territory. They're going to mark him down right
1: at the 30-yard line. Uh, the only difference with that pass and the other two Nathan Seaman catches that ball but Dylan Kadar puts a little more air time under that one and Seaman's able to locate it, go up and get it, times his jump perfectly and a huge completion for Harbor Beach as they re a big gain on that play to flip the sides of the field and now all of a sudden they are in excellent position here now with the ball down at the 30 yard line of the Redskins.
0: A 32 yard completion to Nathan Seaman from Dylan Kadar. 11:25 left in the first half. Sandusky 8, Harbor Beach nothing. Same formation off the left hash this time and it's a fumble. Kadar has to pick it up. Swings out of that one, and he tries to push forward, but he's going to be stopped with forward progress. Has him stopped at the 33-yard line for a three-yard loss. Second down and 13 upcoming. The tackle made by number 55, Casey Kirkpatrick.
1: Those negative plays will kill you, and Dylan and Kadar simply didn't handle the shotgun snap he, it was a little bit low but not bad and he was already looking at his receivers and it just fell off his fingertips he's able to pick it up and look downfield but by that time the defensive line of Sandusky had had closed down that pocket and he had nowhere to go and it's a sack for the home Redskins defense
0: 10 44 left in the first half Harbor Beach on their third drive this evening the first one resulted in a fumble second was a turnover on downs Handoff to Devin Puff gets back to the original line of scrimmage, out to about the 30, maybe the 31-yard line. Tackle made by number 79, Micah Brown. Right defensive tackle. Gain of two, third down and 11 for Harbor Beach at the Sandusky 31-yard line. Now They've had
1: uh, Devin Puff's number already this game. He is unable to get free yet again. Just two yards so far in this game rushing. But uh, now it's third down and long 10, maybe 11 yards for Harbor Beach. It is four-down territory for Coach Schelke. We know that. So they don't necessarily need a heave into the end zone. But uh, a completion here or a nice run would certainly make fourth down a lot
0: easier. Trips to the right, one to the left. Kadar in the shotgun, has puffed to his side. Pass, throws it downfield, lofts this one up, and it's brought in. No, it hits the hands of Seaman as this was underthrown just a little bit. And it falls incomplete at the 10-yard line, fourth and 11 from the 31, 9.49 left in the half.
1: Was not pretty, Clark, but that's by design. He throws it up high and short because the defensive back never turned around. That's Carlson in coverage. He never turns around. Nathan Seaman plants his feet, goes up for a, a lobbed football, basically, and he simply, that flat-out drop. The other drop down the field, that ball was thrown pretty hard. He had to go up and snatch it out of the air. That one, he simply just dropped. That's two drops and you can even mark three drops for Nathan Seaman ready in this first half. Those things just can't happen. And we have a timeout
0: called by Harbor Beach as Troy Schellke wants to talk things over facing a fourth and 11 from the 31. 9.49 left in the first half. Sandusky 8, Harbor Beach nothing right here on the W at the W Sports Network. Beach facing a 4th and 11 from the Sandusky 31-yard line, trailing 8 nothing to the Redskins in week number 8. With a win, Harbor Beach would clinch the Greater Them East outright with its L- Sandusky win. It would force a potential three-way tie between Harbor Beach, Ubley, and Sandusky. Two wide to each way. Kadar rolling to his right. Looking to pass, play action, throws this downfield to Anderson, is caught at the 20, spins back inside, has the first down, and is forced out of bounds at the 17 yard line by number 45, Brendan Duff. Harbor Beach converts. On
1: 4th and 11, went over the 14-yard completion to Anderson. I love it. It's man-to-man coverage all over the place. So the more time you can buy uh, Kedar, the better chance those receivers have to get open. They roll it out to the far side of the field, which is towards us here, the, the sideline of Sandusky. And he gets Michael Anderson coming all the way across the field. His speed, he eventually loses his guy on the sideline in a perfect throw on the run, running to his right by Kedar to Anderson. And he's able to pick up a huge 4th down conversion.
0: Two wide each way, Kadar in the shotgun, Puff to his left, working off the right hash. Play action to the left, looking to pass, lets this one fly, this one's way overthrown. And down to about the two yard line, Anderson was at the 10 yard line. Almost went of the hands of a Sandusky defender against Seaman, way away from the play, second down in 10 from the 18-yard line. Well, that time he rolls the
1: pocket to his left, and Anderson is coming from right to left, about five yards down the field, uh, running horizontally, and you got Nathan Seaman on a post route to the back of the end zone, and the ball was thrown halfway between both of them. I'm not sure what direction or which guy was the absolute ten-tended receiver, but... Number nine for Sandusky was the one with the pass rush. Of course, I don't have his name, but he was the one that forced that throw a little early. Seth Beagle, number
0: nine. Same formation off the right hash. This one's a quarterback keeper up the middle. Kadar, room to run, down to the 10-yard line, tackled forward, down to the nine by Sandusky. This is going to be very close to that first down marker. Number 62 for Sandusky on the tackle. That's Riley Franzel, left guard on offense, defensive tackle. Uh, left inside linebacker for defense.
1: Third down and two for Harbor Beach. Nice play there, but a good read by uh, quarterback Kadar. He puts the ball in the arms of Puff, and there are three Redskins right there, so he smartly takes the ball back and goes to the right side where there's very few defenders, and Kadar is able to make an eight-yard gain. Look, no problem. Third down and two for Harbor Beach.
0: Back to the tee. Elliott Seaman, excuse me, number 42. That would be Ethan Hesling. As a fullback handoff to Anderson tries to dive forward, he's close to that first down marker down to the eight yard line. They might have to bring the, me- the sticks out this one. Tackle made by number 45, Brendan Duff. No word yet from the officials. Point cap takes a look at it, and they're going to say first down. Move the chains for Harbor Beach once again. Now first in goal from the eight yard line. 8:43 left in the second quarter. Sandusky 8, Harbor Beach nothing.
1: We've seen Cass City transfer their offense to this we've seen this is kind of the new theme your best athlete starts at quarterback and before the season's done you find him in the wing T you find him at wide receiver uh, you see it with Santa Cantrell you're saying with Michael Anderson he's in the back side of that T and they run hassling and puffing that gap first and f- seal up all the linebackers and let Anderson follow behind, push the pile ahead, and get the two yards you need for a first down.
0: Staying in the T formation, Kadar is under center, hands off to Devin Puff, dives through the right gap, and he gets all the way down to about the two-yard line before his forward momentum is stopped. A gain of six on the play, tackle made by DeLoren Wedge out of the secondary for
1: Sandusky. He's the safety. Second down, goal to go from the two. I like this offense for Harbor Beach personally because by putting Anderson on the right side, he is a guy that you need to be accounting for of him hitting the gap quickly. When he was quarterback, he was the delayed run around the outside. You had a little time to recover that. That's still a threat with Kadar, but with Puff on one side and Anderson on the other with Hessling now back as your lead blocker, this offense can go a lot of different directions from the T.
0: T formation again. This one's hand up to Anderson. He's in touchdown Harbor Beach with 733 remaining. In the second quarter, Harbor Beach scores for the first time tonight, and it makes it a two point ball game with the two point conversion still upcoming. Sandusky 8, Harbor Beach 6, 7.33 left in the second.
1: Anderson on a two-yard dive. That time there, the offensive line really dominated Sandusky's defensive line. They, t- they did a lot by keeping guys in the box, forcing Harbor Beach to throw the football, and that's exactly what they did. They got a couple big completions, one to Anderson and uh, one down the middle, I believe, to Seaman. Outside of that, uh, the running game finishes off the drive in the red zone, which is exactly what you want as a coach and offensive coordinator. They put six points up on the board. And now with Sandusky completing the two-point conversion, I think Harbor Beach has to respond and do the same thing. Spreading things out. Puff to Kadar's right.
0: Man in motion. That would be Mason Booms. Rolling to his right. Has to evade some tacklers. This one's thrown and is caught into the hands of Mason Booms. But this is going to be flags all over the place and a hold against Harbor Beach. So that's not going to count. And this is going to push Harbor Beach back from the two-yard line back to the 12.
1: Yeah, pretty obvious one right in the middle of the field. The pocket breaks down. Kadar starts to roll to the right, and one of them offensive linemen on the right side grabs that defensive lineman and doesn't allow him to put that pressure on Kadar, which is too bad because Mason Booms had just come wide open on the right side of the field for an easy throw and catch. So back him up 10, and we'll see what the decision is now.
0: Spot of the foul was at the 5, so it pushes them back to the 15-yard line. So it's a <laughs> two-point conversion. From NFL extra point distance, 7.33 here in the second quarter. 8-6, Sandusky leading by two points. A reese respond with a 10-play, 62-yard drive. Capped off by a two-yard run from Michael Anderson. Two wide each way, Kadar in the shotgun, puffed to his left. Back to pass, good coverage there, good protection for Kadar. Now scrambles to his left. Looks downfield, lets his throw, and this one's into the hands of a Sandusky defender. Bats it down, and the two-point conversion is incomplete for Harbor Beach, and Sandusky maintains a two-point lead with 7.33 remaining in the first half right here on the WLW Sports Network. Sandusky, ate Harbor Beach on the board, though, with 6 points, with 7.33 remaining in the first half. 62-yard drive, 10 plays for Harbor Beach. Camped off by Michael Anderson, 2-yard. Two-point version, no good after a hold on the first attempt. It was a complete pass. Sandusky by 2 points. Harbor Beach with 120 yards of offense on the night. Luke Woodkey kicking off from the 40-yard line. Left side of your radio to the right side. White uniforms, black pants, white jerseys, black face masks for the Pirates tonight. Left-footed kicker, nice-looking pick. Comes in at the 15-14 yard line for Sandusky. Coming back to the midfield, that's number 25, that's Zach Franzel. And he's stopped at forward progress at the 31-yard line. Nice return there, about 20 yards for Franzel. First and 10 for Sandusky, tackle made by Jacob Kirsch on special teams. 7.25 remains in the first half. half.
1: That's right, a booming kick by Woodkey, and Franzel brings it out right to his own 30-yard line, so 70 yards to go for Sandusky as they hold a nice lead, 8-6, 7.5 to go in the first half.
0: I reach his last drive, 4 minutes and 15 seconds. Held the ball for about 7 minutes and 47 seconds. On the night. Sandusky now on their fourth drive this evening. They've connected on one of their first three. 7-25 7-25 and 25 left in the first half. Going with a wing tee to the left this time. Two men backfield, wing back to the left. Carlson under center, pitch out to number 26, Wedge. Breaks free of his first tackle, jukes back inside, and he finally falls down at the 37-yard line. That's going to be a gain of three. Tackle made by Nathan, seven, number 7, Devin Puff, middle linebacker for Harbor Beach. But not until after a 7-yard gain
1: for Deloren Wedge. Yeah, Harbor Beach making adjustments when you put that Extra backer on the tight end position off the left-hand side. You see him rotate on defense. You see him bring Evans McGlinsky to that strong side to help cut down on the blockers, and he's able to get into the backfield. Mason Booms sets the edge, but when he cuts upfield, Booms is unable to make the tackle, and eventually the help comes over. Devin Puff gets him down, but not until he gets seven yards.
0: 6.45, rearing in the first half, second down and three from the 37. Wing T to the left once again. This one's a handoff to Franzel to the right side, breaks out wow, this first tackle, but he's going to be brought down in the backfield and down way back at the 33-yard line, but now they're going to say he had forward progress at the 36, even though they didn't blow the whistle until he's at the 33. Number 74, Grant Spaglinski, defensive end for Arbor Beach on the stop, and they mark him down at the 38-yard line. That's an impressive, impressive spot, only about four yards off where it was.
1: Yeah, they're, they're making that adjustment. Look at so how, how can the guy on the near the, side the, of the
0: ball... The, the man who places the ball is standing at the 37-yard line. The ball is on the 38 right now, and now it went from a third and four to a third and two and a half.
1: The, the run was to the right side of the field, and the, the guy spotting the ball takes the view of the guy from the left side of the field. He couldn't see anything. That is a full two
0: yards off. So Sandusky gained the Green Bay effect here so far. 5.45 left in the second quarter. Straight tee. Carlson turns, hands it off to number 9. It's not going to matter regardless as Seth Beagles stopped right at the original line of scrimmage at the 38, so they should mark him down to the 40.
1: Tackle made by number 6, Luke Woodkey. Great play there by the, uh, the defense there for Beach to respond. Uh, that was... Uh a completely misplaced football, not even close, uh, but the Harbor Beach defense responds. Beagle goes absolutely nowhere. Luke Woodkey stops him right as he gets the football, and now it's an interesting situation if you're Sandusky. You've been gifted now fourth down and two, but uh, on your own side of the field, I think you've got to punt this ball away. You have the lead. You want to force that Harbor Beach offense to go a larger length of the field. You don't want to give it to them with less than 40 yards to go.
0: Zach Fransel stands at his own 23-yard line awaiting the punt on a fourth and two from the 38-yard line. Good snap. Kick is away. This one's a line drive. Bounces at the 37 and goes out of bounds at the 32-yard line where the market's out of bounds. And reach will take over at their own 32-yard line. First and 10, trailing by two points with four minutes and 47 seconds left in this first half.
1: Well, Sandusky playing the long game here. They're setting up another pass. You can almost feel it. They they snuck one by Harbor Beach, a big one, uh, on a team that doesn't throw the football a lot. And, and Coach Jacobson showing that spread offense, at least keeping that in the back of your mind that I'm going to throw it a couple more times yet. That time they run it, three times they don't get the first down they have to punt it away so job well done by the harbor beach defense and now just under five minutes to go in the first half your offense can try to take the lead for the first time in this game
0: first down and 10 from the 32 yard line Two men backfield, Kadar in the shotgun, two wide to the left, one to the right. Pass, screen pass to the left. And this one's to Anderson. He has positive yards, cuts back inside beyond the 35, and finally brought down at about the 38-yard line. Matt Carlson, the cornerback, brings him down after what appears to be a roughly six-yard gain, second down and four. It
1: depends. Are you going to listen to the near judge <laughs> or the guy who's right on top of the ball? Well, it also said it's third and ten there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, We know better than that. Second down and five is what it looks like. Nice screen pass there. And and I like some of these early in the game completions for your young quarterback and Dylan Kadar. These quick passes, those high percentage completions to build up his confidence. So when you ask him to throw it down the field, he is absolutely feeling the most the best momentum possible and a chance to make a big one here later.
0: Quarterback keeper for Kadar. He has the first down. Down to the 45 and dragged out of bounds at about the 49-yard line. That's going to be a gain of 11 yards when they only needed four. Tackle made by Delorean Wedge out of the safety for Sandusky. Move the chains for Harbor Beach. Stops the clock with 432 left in the first half. Trailing 8-6 to to Sandusky.
1: And when it comes to the running game and the read option, Dylan Kadar has been excellent tonight. Again, They have completely stuffed number seven, Devin Puff. They are just not going to allow him to run the football well, and the whole Sandusky defense is blocking his side of the field, so Kadar keeps it himself, a big running lane to go through, and an easy first down for him running the football as he stops the clock, and Harbor Beach now just shy of midfield by a yard.
0: Harbor Beach with five first downs tonight, Sandusky with one, but they have the lead so far tonight. First and ten from the 49, same formation as Kadar back to pass. Rolling to his right, throws this one downfield. Michael Anderson, and this one is good protection from Zach Franzl at the 20-yard line, and Michael Anderson could not make a play on it. Incomplete, second down and 10 from the 49. Stops the clock with 424 remaining in the first half. A
1: lot of good things there. The pocket was, again, perfect for Dylan Kadar. As you see on the far side of the field, Evan Smeglenski completely <laughs> throw a guy to the ground and stand over him and watch him and just dare him to get back up. That is the guy that they're looking for this whole season. They hope to see the rest of the way. On the other side of things, great coverage by Franzel down the field. It was a well-thrown ball up in the air, and he... Kadar trusts that Anderson's gonna go up and make a play on it. They both get their hands on the ball, but Franzel's able to knock it offline just enough, and the ball falls harmlessly and
0: complete. Same formation now, man in motion. That's Michael Anderson, and the jet sweep to the right side. He has positive yards, but only about a yard, maybe two, to the other 49-yard line. Tackle made by Sandusky's 62. Riley Franzel. Left inside linebacker for Sandusky. Third down and eight from the 49 clock rolls at four minutes
1: you see that play more and more at the college level even at the pro level when you have a speedy receiver you find different ways to get him the football and that time as anderson comes in motion the snap comes and a quick handoff from Kadar to anderson as he's coming in motion around the right side Uh, puff picks up his block but doesn't maintain it and that guy is able to come off the block and tackle anderson as he's trying to cut up field for a very short gain i love the play call but well defended by the redskins
0: third and eight now Kadar to pass. Throws it. He's hit while he passes it. And this one is into the hands of Anderson incomplete, though. Little action going on between both of them. That was uh, Matt Carlson in protection for Sandusky. Fourth down and eight for Harbor Beach from the 49 of Sandusky. Stops the clock with 335. What do you do here, Dave? Hunt and pin him deep?
1: Well, first of all, Kadar stands in there and takes a hit and makes a pretty good throw. Uh, Carlson, the defender, never turns around, which is a vulnerability for pass interference. However, as the receiver, if Michael Anderson would have held this position and absorbed some contact, I think he gets that call. But because he doesn't, it's probably a good no-call and well-defended by Carlson. But if he turns around, Carlson has a chance to make the football. Uh, and if I'm Harbor Beach, gosh, I'd love to see a go-for-it. But I think you got to punt it away here and trust your defense.
0: Anderson in the extended shotgun, and he punts this one. This one's a high punt, but it goes absolutely nowhere. It bounces out of bounds of the 30-yard line, and they're going to mark him
1: it's not down at that the part. 21.
0: And now he walks it back. And Still going. And now he's at the 34-3 yard line.
1: Yeah, that's a little closer. He probably could have kept coming, Clark. I've seen you hit a couple drives that look like that. (laughs) I've hit a
0: few putts
1: like that, I think. Oh, my. If you could pop up a putter, you are really good. If I'd have known that was going to be the punt, I wish they'd have just gone for it because that would have been a little more exciting. Instead, uh, a 15-yard punt or so really doesn't do that much good. But with three and a half minutes to go, Sandusky has the lead and the football here before the end of the half. And they certainly are in the driver's seat to take the lead going into halftime.
0: Harbor Beach had the ball just for a minute 18 on that drive. Pulling the ball for about nine minutes and five seconds in this ball game so far. Sandusky first and 10 from their own 33. Right to left across your radio with an eight to six lead over Harbor Beach. Two receivers to the right, one to the left. Carlson in the shotgun. And he hands it off to Franzel, coming around the right side, cuts back inside, and he has nowhere to go. And he falls to his- on his self at the 32-yard line as Devin Puff was about to blast him down there. So a loss of a yard in the play brings up a second down and 11. Nowhere to go for Fransl.
1: Well, Grant Smaglinski and Jacob Kirsch completely go right through the offensive line and get in the backfield, and they seal the edge so the running back had absolutely nowhere to go, and he changes fields, and he's so quick, he's able to get in between those two Giants and get past them, but that's where the rest of the defense comes into play, led by Devin Puff and company, and at that point, I think he decided that he better just take his losses and go to the ground because he was about to take a big hit Loss of one on the play for Sandusky, but it could have been a lot
0: worse. Two minutes, 45 seconds left. The clock continues to roll down. Sandusky has all three timeouts. Second down, 11 from the 32. Receiver wide each way. Two men backfield. Carlson in the shotgun running back on either side of him. This time a handoff to DeLoren Wedge around the right side. He finds the seam, and he's brought. he still breaks free of the first tackle across midfield and finally brought down at the 47-yard line. A big run from DeLorean Wedge, number 42, Ethan Hessling on the stop. From the 32-yard line all the way into Harbor Beach territory by three yards, a 21-yard pickup.
1: And that's on the linebackers. That time the edge was sealed, and DeLorean Wedge had nothing but allies blocking the way down the field, and they continue to seal the edge. They do a good job making not allowing Mason Booms to get any 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 pos- uh, chance to make the tackle and there's no linebackers to be seen for Harbor Beach. Eventually, Dylan Kadar comes over. He misses a tackle and finally Nathan Seaman who plays defensive back on the other side of the field comes over and makes the tackle. A great run by DeLorean
0: Wedge. Out of the T formation now. Hand off to number 20. That's to be Tovar coming around the right side. Spins out his first tackle and he's finally brought down at the 33-yard line by Nathan Seaman for Harbor Beach. Move the chains from the 47 down all the way to the 33, a 14-yard gain for Tovar.
1: And another missed tackle. That time Michael Anderson misses him in the open space as Tovar spins right out of his arm tackle. And frustrating if you're a defensive coach. He has got to be completely upset with that. But another big run for Sandusky. But how are they doing it? They are leaving those big bodies in the middle and running around them, attacking the outside. So if you're Harbor Beach, those outside linebackers and even those defensive ends are gonna have to squeak a little or scooch a little bit farther outside to try and seal the edge wedge has the seam cuts back
0: inside breaks free one tackle down to the five and finally ripped down by anderson at the four yard line a 29 yard gain for Delorean. wedge brings sandusky down into the red zone And a first-and-goal situation with a minute 42 left at the four-yard line, trying
1: to extend this two-point lead to perhaps two touchdowns. It's the exact same play three times in a row. You saw it twice now to Wedge to the left side and once to Tovar on the right side. It's the exact same play, and Harbor Beach is, again, unable to seal the edge. And when you allow DeLorean Wedge to have speed coming around the corner, he just blows down the sideline. And fortunate for Harbor Beach that a guy come all the way over to tackle him before he gets in the end zone. Uh, But inside the five now looking to score and add to their lead. And off to the right to Tovar, trying to find that edge, cuts down inside, and it's touchdown,
0: Sandusky. One ten remains in the first half. And Sandusky finds the end zone for the second time tonight with one oh nine remaining before the half. It's now fourteen to six. 14 to 6, Sandusky leading by eight points, trying to make this a two possession ball game with a successful two point conversion. Sandusky marches right down the field, 67 yards in a matter of two minutes and 20 seconds.
1: Impressive drive there by the Redskins. I mean, just they score a passing touchdown on them, then come back and just absolutely attack the outside of the field and score on a couple big plays.
0: Quarterback keeper announces a pitch out to the left side and this one goes absolutely nowhere. Tovar stopped at the 7-yard line. So it remains a one possession ball game. Sandusky 14, Harbor Beach 6 with 109 remaining in the first half right here on the W right. at W Sports Network. Zandusky puts 14 points up in a matter of 23 minutes. The most Harbor Beach has given a all season in a game, and they only did it in a half instead of the entire game. They now lead Harbor Beach 14-6. And kicking things off would be friends at the 40-yard line. Right to left across your radio, 109 before the half. Harbor Beach can have one last shot here to try and make this a, a potential tie game. Right into the hands at 37-yard line, into the hands at number 9. That's Mason Booms. Cuts back into midfield and finally brought down at the 48-yard line. So, nice return there. Will shorten the field for Harbor Beach. Tackle made by Deloren Wedge for Sandusky. 103 remains, and Harbor Beach will have a 52-yard field to work with.
1: Nice job there by Booms. That low line drive kick kick right at him. He's able to knock it down, pick it up, and bring a nice return back as he just gets a couple yards shy of midfield. And now with a minute three to go and a couple timeouts in their pocket, Harbor Beach has a chance to make up for what just happened on that last drive and go into the locker room had ha- tied up but for now down eight points 103 to go in the half spread offense let's see what K. and company has sandusky going with man-to-man coverage no safeties on those pass
0: to the right and now goes down midfield wide open to nathan seaman it is caught the same exact as the last time and it's the same exact result to seaman at the 24 yard line move the chain stops the clock momentarily number two in coverage matt carlson that's, big, the same,
1: that's the same guy same they've, exact been, play. they've been attacking him. And again, KR puts a little air under the ball. You see him sell the pump fake, the double move by Seaman, and he's able to get that ball over Carlson's head. He's beat, and Nathan Seaman elevates at the right time and goes up and hauls this one in for a big completion. And the defense now going to call a timeout. And 56
0: seconds left in this first half, and Jake Craig Jacobson wants to talk things over with his team. First and 10 for Harbor Beach at the 24-yard line. A 24-yard pass from Kadar to Nathan Seaman for the completion same exact spot, same exact result from the last drive we saw.
1: Similar to Sandusky being able to run to the outside so far on that last series against Harbor Beach that pass has been there all night and what's been the Achilles heel for Harbor Beach, drop passes. Nathan Seaman has got a couple of them. Michael Anderson you could say has one. This team needs to catch those passes because that secondary is vulnerable right now. Matt Carlson's been burned a couple times. Only two of them are going to show up in the stat book but they're going to continue to push the ball down the field I feel especially going into halftime. They're going to look at their team and say, We're going to continue. If they're going to continue to stack the box, we're going to throw the ball down the field and trust our big receiving playmakers to go make a play, catch the ball. That time, Nathan Seaman does, and it forces the defense to call timeout. But Harbor Beach now on the 24 yard line with 56 seconds to go. Both teams
0: with two timeouts remaining here in the 56 seconds left in the first half. Two receivers wide each way. Kadar in the shotgun has puffed to his right. Passes, screen pass to the left to Puff, down to the 20-yard line. Skips down, has the first down, down inside the 20, and finally down inside, all the way down inside the four-yard line. A big kick, a big uh, completion on the screen pass from Kadar to Devin Puff, brought down by number 45, Brendan Duff, from the
1: 24, down to the four, a 20-yard pickup. A well-designed play, and I'm watching the play develop, and there was four receivers streaking into the end zone. And it's well covered and I, I'm thinking to myself where is he going to throw the football everything's covered what finally you see Devin Puff sneak out of the backfield he dumps it off to him on a design screen pass and there's a fumble on the play and
0: Kader has to jump on it way back at the seven yard line so they're going to call timeout with 25.5 seconds left in this first half Sandusky 14, Harbor Beach 6, and that'll be the second timeout for Harbor Beach in this half
1: as I was saying, a well-designed screen pass. And Devin Puff has Kershyn Maglinski out in front of him, and they pick up blocks, and he rolls down inside the about the five-yard line. But Kadar, again, that's twice now where he's mishandled a pretty good snap, and those are drive killers. You get a great play inside maybe the five-yard line. Now you lose three yards and have to burn a timeout on a play you didn't even run. So Harbor Beach has one timeout left is that right one, yes, time, one time out, out left, left yes. so you could still run the football if you're harbor beach you, you can't i wouldn't be afraid of running read option uh, here from the spread letting Dylan Kadar make a decision what you want to do he's been able to keep it and have success a lot of The playbook is completely open right now, but for sure Harbor Beach will be in the spread offense with showing the threat of pass. But keep in mind, they still have that timeout. I'd like Dylan Kadar to read option here with Puff and see if one of those guys can pound you down inside the five or maybe even a little closer.
0: Same formation as the previous three drives. Kadar looking to pass, passes to the right. It is caught, in, in Anderson down, touchdown Harbor Beach with 20 seconds left. Anderson connects with Kadar and it's now 14 to 12 reverse that 14 to 12 two-point conversion on its way
1: Kadar connects yeah. with Anderson that's exactly right they're one of a- the same Anderson in the slot just takes two steps forward and straight to the sideline 84 is in coverage Logan Mitchell no chance the speed is way too much and Dylan Kadar puts it on the number and Anderson does the rest fighting for that end zone and a very impressive quick drive through the air and there's still 20 seconds left on the board but Harbor Beach gets a much needed touchdown here at the end of the half and they will attempt a two-point conversion in the wing tee to get this game back to where we started
0: 14 to 12 now in the T formation Kadar hands it off. Actually, Kadar on the keeper down to the corner, and he's in. The two-point conversion is good, and we are tied with 20 seconds remaining in this first half. Harbor Beach responds with a touchdown and a two-point conversion to tie things up 14-14 to 14 right here on the WLW Sports Network. Four plays, 52 yards in 49 seconds. Harbor Beach marches down the field and responds and ties things up with 20.1 seconds left in this first half. 14-14, to 14. we're all square and right where we started this ball game, tie. Luke Woodkey will be kicking off from Harbor Beach's 40-yard line, left side of your radio. Deep back for Sandusky at the 10-yard line would be Deloran Wedge, now backs up to his five. Looks, appears to be no onside kick efforts from Harbor Beach here. DeLoren Wedge oh, going for the what we'll call it the mid-range kick and this one comes in, stays in the bounds but it rolls out right at the 20-yard line. So Sandusky will start things off from the 35. They, are, they potentially could re-kick it. They do have the option there. You could either re-kick, you can take it from the spot of the foul, or 25 yards from the spot of the kick. And it appears that they are going to re-kick this one.
1: I, I agree with that decision. Um, that where that ball goes out of bounds, the the legal procedure doesn't really do you any good. Uh, you'd rather see them kick it in bounds and get it back to DeLorean Wedge or one of your playmakers and see if he can't do something crazy here before the half is over. So, if you're Harbor Beach, you got to be careful. I like the squib kick idea. A little softer, and that ball stays in play. And that's really what Harbor Beach wants is just to not allow a big return by their playmakers, especially DeLorean Wedge.
0: Yeah, about a half yard more or less than it would have stayed in bounds. 20, st- 20 seconds still on the clock. 14-14, Harbor Beach and St. all square. re here from Luke Wookiee now at the 35-yard line of Harbor Beach. Wedge stands at the 15-yard line, awaiting some sort of, hopefully, some sort of return in his favor. Harbor Beach spreads out. Five on each side. And there's the boot, and this one's going to be a grounder out to the 37-yard line brought in by Franzel, and he gets out to the 48-yard line where for he's stopped. You can mark him down to the 47 with 15.1 seconds left in this Fav. Tackle made by Ben Rogenbuck plays left guard, a linebacker for Harbor Beach. First and 10, Sandusky from the 47-yard line.
1: He's got a couple tackles on special teams already, but a nice return there by Sandusky. Now with only 15 seconds left, three yards shy of midfield. I can't believe that they're going to try and throw the ball down Harbor Beach's throats in a predictable situation. That's not how Sandusky works. They, they can throw the football and will, but they like to attack you when you least expect it. In this situation, it's pretty predictable. I think I'm going to give the ball around the edge and see if we can't get another 10 or 20-yard carry and then make a decision from there what I decide to do.
0: Jacobson had extended instructions for his quarterback, Matt Carlson, who ran all the way from the sideline back to the huddle. And now they're coming out. First and ten from the 47-yard line in Saint Eskies' own territory. Right to left cross your Radio. 20, excuse me, 15 seconds remaining in this half. Tied 14 apiece. Receiver wide each way. Carlson in the shotgun. We're running back on the other side. Screen pass this was going to be incomplete. As it was supposed to be a screen pass about to the into the flats of the 48 of Harbor Beach. Wedge well, lost his footing. He ended up on his backside. And ball comes to rest on the turf second down 10 with 12 and a half seconds remaining
1: well your your defenders mason booms and he's given some cushion there about six seven yards making sure he doesn't get burnt burned in the backside but that was designed he was supposed to just go a couple yards and turn and then the throw was supposed to come online and that gives wedge a chance to catch the football <laughs> face his defender and if he can make a miss he's got a chance for a huge play and it falls incomplete in my opinion there, Wedge went too far down the field. It was supposed to be a three-yard hook and catch, and instead he went about six, and the quarterback threw it to his spot, and Wedge wasn't ready for it. If you're Harbor Beach, you got to be careful. Your deep back is Dylan Kadar. He's playing center field. He's got to make sure that no one gets behind him.
0: Wedge is wide out to the left. Pass once again to to 26 that would be wedge again and he stopped short of the first down marker at the 30 excuse me, the 43 yard line very close to that first down marker and now just three seconds remain here in this first half and we have a timeout called by Sandusky tackle made by no. Luke Woodgee that would be Sandusky's second timeout remaining 3.4 seconds left in this first half. And the
1: incompletion really hurts Sandusky because they go back to the exact same play call, and that time Luke Woodkey cheats over there, and that way there's three Harbor Beach defenders in the area. Wedge is able to sneak by the first one, but not much after that. He does get nine yards on the completion, but if it would have happened on the first play, uh, Mason Booms would have had to make that tackle. If he didn't, I think he scores. So good recovery there by Harbor Beach, and a uh, unlucky situation for Sandusky. They had the right play called, but now with three seconds left, your last play of the half, I don't think Carlson could throw it deep enough. So look for another short completion, some sort of, uh, I don't know if the hook and ladder's in play here, but it seems a little far-fetched, but I wouldn't put it past Coach Jacobson. He's definitely got an athletic enough crew to pull this off you got to be careful of your harbor Beach a completion doesn't hurt you here except in the stat book which means absolutely nothing the score is 14 14. We'll see what Sandusky's creativity has here.
0: Anderson is on wedge on the far side of your radio at the right hash. Receiver wide each way, Carlson and shotgun, looking back to pass. He has to has flushed out of the pocket, throws it downfield, floats this one into the air, and it comes incomplete. And that's how we reach the end of the first half with a tie ball game, 14-14 between Harbor Beach and Sandusky in week number eight of high school football. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network through 24 minutes of play, 14 apiece. On your home for high school football, the WNOW Sports Network being powered by Anger Valley Services. It's halftime in Sandusky, and we're tied at 14 apiece as both squads have found the end zone twice. Uh, Sandusky with 178 yards of offense. Hover Beach uh, on the other side of the ball with 186. So just eight yards separate the two offenses so far, and fitting as we have a tie ball game. Now we're going to listen in to the marching Sandusky Redskins. Always a very strong program and <laughs> strength in numbers here as well. And we'll listen in on their halftime show. I do believe they're playing some Robert Plant, if I overheard correctly. You're listening to WLW Sports. Let's listen in to the Marching Redskins.
1: Iceland, this next song's got a little musical tribute to the Norse mythology. The second song in our Led Zeppelin collection, the Immigrant Song. boundaries in their genre with the release of Led Zeppelin IV. The first track on this album features a complex riff written by the John Paul Jones that employs multiple meters that completely turns around upon itself. One of Zeppelin's most requested live performance song, this is Black Dog. this next song featuring solos by claire lester and micah brown and closing the band's led zeppelin show stairway to heaven
0: Around. Impressive showing here by the Sandusky Marching Band. Their band director, Jake Heisentwright, always has a great program here. Another stellar show here. Great sound on the Sandusky Marching Band tonight as we are in halftime right now. 14 apiece. And Dave Hansen, why don't you tell us how we got to this final score or score at halftime?
1: Well, we had uh, no score at the end of the first quarter, but the very first play of the second quarter... Carlson hits DeLorean Wedge on a 57-yard touchdown catch, and the two-point conversion run was good. Sandusky took the lead 8 to nothing. On the ensuing drive, Harbor Beach responds with a couple passes and followed up by a Michael Anderson two-yard touchdown run. The two-point conversion would fail, and with 7.33 left to go in the second quarter, it would be 8 for Sandusky, 6 for Harbor Beach and with just a minute nine left, Tovar scores on a four yard touchdown run, two point conversion run fails, but Sandusky would extend it to lead 14 to six, just a minute nine to go in the half, but that was plenty of time for Harbor Beach as Dylan Kadar hits Michael Anderson on a seven yard touchdown pass, keeps the two point conversion run for himself, and with 20 seconds left to go in the half, Harbor Beach ties the game back at all even 14 apiece, and that's how the half would end Harbor Beach 14, Sandusky 14. When you take
0: a look at the offensive stats for both squads, Sandusky has 178 yards. Harbor Beach with 186 yards. Sandusky's played has 22 plays of offense. Harbor Beach with 29. First downs, Harbor Beach has seven. Sandusky has four of them. Both teams are two for five on third down conversion rates. Harbor Beach is one for two on fourth down. Sandusky, 0 for two on fourth down conversions. Let's take you through the offensive stats. Sandusky, 17 rushes for 112 yards, 205 passing for 66 yards for the Redskins, leading the rushing attack, no surprise here at all, to Lauren Wedge, 6 carries, 73 yards for Sandusky. After that, we have, uh, let's see, Martin Tovar with 24 carries and one touchdown on, or 24, uh, carries on 24 yards and one touchdown, a four-yard dive. And then Seth Beagle, one carry for nine yards, and then Zach Fransel, six carries for six total yards. He's caught in the backfield twice. Matt Carlson passing the ball, two of five, passing for 66 yards and one score. Out of those 66 yards, 57 was on one play. The pass to DeLoren Wedge for the score. Zach Franzel had one attempt on there. That was incomplete. Logan Mitchell, 0 for 1. Doloran Wedge actually brought in both passes for all 66 yards. Howard Beach's offense. Rushing the ball 14 times for 60 total yards. 9 of 15 passing for 126 yards for the night. Dylan Kadar, but both passes for, or both, uh, let's see, one rushing touchdown, one passing touchdown. Michael Anderson has both of them. Lean the rushing, Dylan Kadar, the quarterback, on five carries at 22 yards. Michael Anderson, Nathan Seaman. Each have 15 yards. Anderson, five carries. Seaman has just one carry. And then Devin Puff, three carries for eight yards. 60 total yards for Harbor Beach's offensive <laughs> rushing attack. That's a low for this season.
1: It is, but the passing has got to be right up there with the high. I mean, Sandusky came in on defense with the idea that running the football, Michael Anderson, Dylan Kadar, and Devin Puff, were simply not going to beat them on the ground, and we are going to make you air the ball out and, and beat us in the secondary. That's exactly what Harbor Beach has done. If it wasn't for a few drops, I feel like they could be in the lead right now, but instead we are all even a great game plan installed by Coach Jacobson, and it's been Coach Shelkie that's had to counter that with the passing game and again a well-schemed game by two coaches that are very familiar with each other and it's been a very back and forth game harbor beach was able to come in with a late touchdown to get this game back to even harbor beach
0: with 21 tackles one tackle for a loss for two yards no sacks no tip passes no forced or recovered fumbles for sandusky 16 tackles one tackle for a loss as well no sacks one tip pass one forced and recovered fumble for the Sandusky defense. That was actually in the first drive for Harbor Beach tonight. Leading the defensive attack for Harbor Beach, it's a, a trio of tacklers th- with three tackles each, Luke Woodkey, Devin Puff, and Ethan Hesley. Two tackles for Michael Anderson, Ben Roganbuck, and Evan Smoglinski. and then one tackle apiece for Mason Booms, Nathan Seaman, Dakota Deer, Grant Smoglinski, and Jacob Kirsch. Tackle for loss, Jacob Kirsch has one for two yards on top of his one tackle and then just one illegal procedure on the kickoff for harbor beach defense on offense they have one or two penalties a false start and a hold which pushed them back on that first two-point conversion sandusky's defense leading the way three tackles apiece for Deloren wedge and brendan duff two tackles for matt carlson zach franzel casey kirkpatrick riley franzel and micah brown and then the one tackle for a loss casey Kirk- kirkpatrick for one so total he has three tackles on the night Tip pass goes to Matt Franzel. Force fumble by DeLoren Wedge and recovered fumble by DeLoren Wedge. Sandusky has, I do believe, altogether three penalties for 25 yards, two holds, and a false start all early on in that first half.
1: Yeah, not a lot going. Everything uh, is pretty even here, Clark. Uh, you'll makes a lot of sense that the secondary of Sandusky is leading the way in tackles but that's because the passing game has been where the ball has been for them to make tackles and the front seven, the front four especially of Harbor Beach is leading the way of tackling on that side but uh, Sandusky though 14 apiece, they've probably been the better team in this half, they had the better game plan and running the football has been very good to them, countered with a couple big passing plays that have worked really well for them. So the game is going the way they'd like it to go. Harbor Beach has no problem throwing the football, but it's not necessarily the safer way to go. So again, they forced the turnover. I think Sandusky can say they won the first half. But we'll see how these veteran coaches adapt and make changes going into the second half. We really saw the vulnerability of the secondary and one-on-one coverage of the Sandusky Redskins that allowed Kadar to make some pretty easy throws. A couple drops, as I have mentioned a few times, really kind of hindered the passing numbers. They could have some ridiculously good passing numbers. And for Harbor Beach on defense, they allowed some huge runs to the outside. The, the middle was sound, but now they have to spread those, those defenders out and take away that outside presence on running the football that has been so successful for Sandusky. Whichever one of those teams can make the better adjustment in those areas is going to end up winning the game.
0: Other area scores are on the region. Axe leads Carrow in the first quarter, 14-7. to That one should be further along by now. Cass City leading recent halftime, 20 to nothing. Brown City leading K-PAC in the first quarter, 12-7. to in North Central Thumb League, eight-player football, Owen Gage leading Caseville in the second quarter, 22-16. to 16. Owen Gage puts two touchdowns in the second quarter to take the lead back over Caseville. Looks like we have uh, Owen Gage leading 28-16 at halftime. So Owen Gage tags on three straight scores to take the lead into halftime in Owendale. Mayville leading North Huron at halftime, 18-6. to six. And then we have Deckerville and Kingston at halftime. Deckerville leading 20-14. to They were leading 14-6. to Both teams put out another six points. Halftime, Deckerville 20, Kingston 14.
1: Yeah, late in that game, Deckerville turned it over and gave Kingston an extra possession.